Hello and happy spooky season. Welcome to Queer for Fear. I am one of your hosts, David. And I'm the other wine mom of horror, Sean. And welcome to our special Halloween episode. Get it? Because we're gay and wow. we love penis. And this entire episode is about Halloween. So I just kind of smashed two things I love into one. <laughs> smash. Yeah. Smash. <laughs> Uh, and it's kind of a uh, an extra double entendre because it's a Halloween show because it's October, but it's also a Halloween show because we're talking about the film Halloween. And all of the, like, many, many, <laughs> sequels. many sequels, many timelines, and many poor hair choices of Jamie Lee Curtis later. Can we really blame her or... The studio stylists. <laughs> I blame Activia. <laughs> if we're gonna actually say who I blame here, I blame Activia. That's fair. So, Halloween. This is a, a big universe. Uh, we've been wanting to do a show on this for a very long time. We obviously intentionally waited until October. Uh, I think it's both safe to say that this is um, mutually one of our top franchises, as I'm sure it is for probably most horror fans, at least to some degree. Franchises? I don't, I would not say it's one of my favorite franchises. I would definitely say in terms of characters, yes. Mm -hmm. And then in certain choose your own films, absolutely. Score wise, for iconic. me, it's iconic. I mean, I've been begging to do one for my favorite daddy of horror, John Carpenter, and clearly we haven't done that yet, so at least I finally get to let that, you know. I was going to say me drooling over him, but honestly, for anybody that's ever seen what he looks like, I don't think we're the ones that are drooling. He is, just because he's that old now. Oh my god, he could be listening to this. No, he's not. You have to pay him. Okay. I love him. I saw him in concert. So that's okay? why he's not returning so, to come on the show. Yes. Um, no, I, I think it, it is a unique one. Um, I mean, it is up there with Nightmare on Elm Street and Friday the 13th. Um, I think story-wise, all of the se sequels and timelines of Halloween is a much stronger base than Friday the 13th, so I am excited to discuss I agree. Halloween. Um, whether or not there's a lot of queerness to Halloween, again, will depend on the timeline that we decide to focus on at the time, because there are a few that are a little gayer than others. Hashtag Paul Rudd. Uh, and you know, I can make anything queer. Oh, I'm, <laughs> from, I am aware. Queer I can pick apart any little thing. <laughs> I am, I am, the way he held Hashtag that knife is just so femme. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, yeah, I think let's dive right into it. Yeah, so the first thought on my mind um, is just the fact that the original Halloween, at least, um, had this interesting combination of both doing something very new, but also it wasn't all that new mm -hmm. because um, 
a lot of uh, horror nerds debate on, oh, if Michael is the first, um, like, kind of classic slasher. Um, I I don't really think so, but I think that the first modern slasher. And the interesting thing about that title is the main character in it, played by Jamie Lee Curtis, because when you look back to really OG slashers, Norman Bates, <laughs> you know. Um, from Psycho, for people who, for some reason, have no idea where Norman, Bates, Norman Bates came is. from. And for those um, also who might not know, and actually I only knew this like five years ago, so I was pretty like deep into my adult life at this point, um, but Jamie Lee Curtis's mother was in Psycho. Um, Jamie Lee Curtis's mother also has a cameo as the head of the school she teaches at in H2O. Really? Yeah, it's Janet Lee. I did not know Janet Lee was at H2O. You're welcome. Uh, also, huh. the car in H2O, if we're, we're going that route, it's the same car from Psycho. Okay. So. See, folks, I'm learning right on the show live. <laughs> I just know a lot of weird movie facts. Trivia. Okay. Just like if you watch, you know, just the original mask, if we're talking about this, and we're, we're talking about things of old, the original Mike Myers mask Michael, I guess, if I say Mike Myers, now I have Austin Powers in my head, um, was a spray-painted William Shatner mask from Star Trek. So we really, for this iconic character, I guess we need to throw a little bit of love to William Shatner, slightly. Like, thank you for having such a creepy, done-up <laughs> Halloween-style mask face that when you spray-paint it white and add some fresh hair onto it, you get a crazy-ass motherfucker. Um, Does anyone know how he feels about that? I'm sure he's commented I, on that I before. don't know. I, I've I'm never not heard a Shatner him. fan. I was a Leonard Nimoy. Just dream. Ugh. So Spock had the love of my heart. So did okay. George Takai. But I mean, that was just also flaming, flaming homosexuals. So just, <laughs> That's fair. Yes. That's fair. Um, for me, I, I absolutely think you're right. I think you can trace this idea of the slasher but i think that's what made halloween so effective was that it built off of this old-timey horror trope and sort of subgenre, while at least for back then presenting it into this new sort of fresh take and i mean the movie was literally made for pretty much nothing um it was very i mean watching it now especially um having just recently watched it in its 4k mastering um it's not really saying much in terms of like picture quality just because it was so guerrilla styly shot and and yeah. most of carpenter's films are sort of kind of like grungy and and he sort of has like rob zombie sort of takes that kind of aesthetic and then he does it to a yeah. whole new level but like if you simplify his settings. looks down you you have this um but i think if you take away like the mask and you take away Jamie Lee Curtis's incredible female like performance where and in the music you you have this eh, okay like story like I think it was right. Carpenter's direction yeah. I don't necessarily think it's the script y'all can come at me if you want I think it's no I totally agree it's just this weird take of it was one of the first times where you have a female who 
is sort of emerging as this final girl trope, but isn't really, you know, she's, she's not very tomboyish in the movie necessarily. Um, she's, you, you know, if you had a character like her now, you would think, oh, she's going to die relatively soon or, oh, she's definitely the final girl. But watching it back then, you had no idea. The first time I saw it, I mean, I was like, oh, it's Lindsay Lohan's mom from Freaky Friday. But yeah, but there's also, um, the, uh, one of the aspects I think that was probably kind of new to people for horror seeing it is that, um, Laurie Strode's character, um, she she wasn't necessarily a, a like I'm I'm gonna fight back kind of person that came much later, but she was a uh, survivalist character. And yeah, she didn't just like shrink down in fear. She's like, okay, I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna run here. Yeah. I'm gonna <laughs> and and that's definitely true as you move from the first Halloween film to the second. Um, yeah, where she knew she, that Michael she was comes, continue yeah. to come after her. She comes much more into her own, and then she disappears for a while, <clears throat> and then you have three through six, and then depending on your storyline or your, your I favorite, guess, you know, your favorite <laughs> timeline, you end up with H two O, and then you have her brief appearance in Resurrection, um, very brief, and then you have the whole other you know, current 2018 retconning of everything mm-hmm. with with her as a survivalist and having that trauma and that PTSD and that whole brilliant feminist narrative of how that ripples through generations and yeah, just brilliance of... of... And that what is what makes the newest, um, I guess you could call it line of reality, my favorite. Because really, who doesn't like to see a Scream Queen fight back in a way that's effective, you know? So I think that's that's my favorite. But that also comes too from, from a, a long-standing tradition of that happening in horror and thrillers. Uh, you know, there was Enough, uh, which is one of my most favorite. For those of you that don't know time. Enough, it is Jennifer Lopez from way back in the early 2000s, actually might be 2000. Oh God, old. Yeah, like the are. Crypt Keeper. Okay, there's another Jamie Lee Curtis Freaky Friday reference. We're just ranking them all in here. But I... I yeah, I agree. Um, I, I definitely think that the the retconning that they did was appropriate. Um, this, this franchise itself really gets kind of bogged down in unnecessary mythology and mm-hmm. all of this extra extraness uh doesn't really have a lot of you know gay as much as i would love it to though i love a man with a stiff knife um <laughs> but uh. there was some surprising like rewatching the entire franchise which we we did in prep for this episode uh we started with the original in 4k um i did the television cut of two just because i have the shout factory bundle oh um so it has the Blu-ray of two and then the television cut, which includes some alternate sequences and things. Um, oh, I'm not sure I knew that, actually. Oh, yeah, I'll let you borrow it. Uh, and then there was three, which is its own beast that people generally either love or hate. Like, there's really no I middle ground. I love it. I think it's so um, <laughs> I definitely, like, for me, the film Trick or Treat that came out in the early 2000s is a nice sort of... 
reminds me of that film so much. I guess it's just because the characters run around with the masks and like there's yeah, just you're right. this like I never thought about that before. Sort of weirdly like color wise, like as a film palette they share a lot in my opinion. Mm. Um mm-hmm. And then we did four, five, and six, aka what I like to deem as the wait, what these movies are short but so dense. Um, <laughs> and then from that, I did H two O and Resurrection. I don't know why I still subject myself to Resurrection. Thank <laughs> God Tyra Banks can act. Oh, wait, never mind. Uh, we were rooting for you, Tyra. We were all rooting for you. I'm just gonna uh, say that. Well, and that was the end of that line. So. <laughs> We didn't have to deal with that storyline anymore. And then there was Rob Zombies. Very controversial. Yeah. Also a, a like love it or hate it kind of situation. Very for much part. so love it or hate it. Most people I'm not hate really it. so much in the binary with that. Like I wouldn't say I love it or hate it. I think it's uh, it, uh, they were fun for, for what they were. Um, also, something that made me feel super old recently was that I didn't realize that um, the first Rob Zombie one was all the way back in 2007. I thought this was like um, six years ago or something. <laughs> yeah, no, it's uh, old. <laughs> um, I mean, I could do an entire separate episode on not only Rob Zombie, who oh, I, I actually love... Um, which is very, people find very surprising given what they know about me. Um, but just his Halloween movies in general uh, made some choices. Um, uh, like being the only line that gave Michael a backstory. It, it is, but it also does that, that thing. Well, not necessarily. It retcons the backstory that Halloween four, five, and six built into something less convoluted, but equally is just kind of unnecessary. Um, mm-hmm. I also think in terms of characterization and environment, um, there's this sort of evolution of this masculine sort of haunt that you can sort of read into. Like the first movie directed by a man, written by a man, but co-produced by Deborah Hill, who was at the time still married to Carpenter, um... And so there was this sort of slight female presence, like in terms of the way it was presented, but you have this very sort of just entire masculine production, um, which I think slightly changes as you go through two, three, four, five, and six. But then this whole toxic masculinity of like Mike Myers and what he represents and like his just the violence that's associated with him reaches this new height in Zombies movies. And so I think yeah. Zombie does female characters mildly well. Let me rephrase that. He just writes great characters for his wife to play. Um, and, and looking and, at and the whole like, Firefly yeah. saga. <laughs> Sherry Moon Zombie is also basically the same character in every movie in a way. But I actually like that. Like, I, 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 I loved how he gave her that spin in the... In yeah, Halloween's. I I love the whole uh, like contrary to most people that whole white horse illusion in Halloween too, um, with her just all in white draped across this beautiful white horse that was like guiding him. Mm-hmm. But I I just I think 
there's just something where this character, as you go through the different timelines, as you go through the different sequels, really embodies like the cultural in the now moment of like toxic masculinity. Like I really think watching the original Halloween now, some of the choices that like Jamie Lee Curtis makes, if you were to make that exact movie now, which to be fair, the second half of Zombies film in 07 is a shot for shot remake of. Right. Um, you know, she was pushing the envelopes as a character and Mike Myers was this silent but intimidating, massive, masculine force. Mm-hmm. And like, it was this undying thing. And like, if you just look at the franchise as a whole, it's just this really creepy, you can't kill this butchering masculine entity. And I, I think there's, I'm probably reading too much into it, but I think there is something there for it where we've had, like each film has its own female hero. You know, it was Laurie Strode in one and two. I'm only going to talk about Mike Myers, so I'm jumping over three. And then you have, you know, Jamie. Oh God, was her name Jamie? Danielle Harris played her in four and five. Yes. Yes, okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so then you have this little kid going up against it, but that was also in a way sort of ushering in this like new female energy into this because then that climax is in the sixth film with the end of Jamie's storyline. But then you also have this very unique sort of situation with Paul Rudd's character, which is uh, his first film. He was, he was Tommy. He was Tommy. And, and it's, it's this very queer, campy, over-the-top performance in and of itself um to to where it was it was so campy that um when you're watching it you expect him to be the villain mm -hmm. because it's like oh only like kind of a creepy villain would act like that but really it was just paul rudd being over the top (laughs) yeah um yeah so i thought oh i either he's gonna be uh the villain or Tommy's going to be a gay character. Uh, neither of those happened that we know of. We don't actually know anything about Tommy's yeah, adult new, character. The new Tommy for Halloween Kills that got pushed thanks to COVID. I've already done my COVID rant, so I'm not going to do it this episode. But no, I, mm-hmm. I, I think it's it's definitely interesting. Um, because then after that, you got into like H2O and Resurrection, which were, um, I mean, the number of female characters in H2O, you could count to Michelle Williams and Jamie Lee Curtis and then Janet Lee for all of like a hot second. Mm-hmm. And that was about it. And then in Resurrection, you know, they were just pulling in to try to get people in. I, I think Resurrection is the least strongest film in all of them. Um, it's it's kind of like, uh, it gives me a, I still know what you did last summer vibe. Yeah. <laughs> for, for whatever reason. Um, yeah, but I think, um, you know, something that I love about this whole franchise, this whole universe is that it's very much a choose your own adventure kind of thing with all Mm -hmm. these lines. Um, and it, it really, it, it allows you as a viewer and then the writers and directors and producers as the creators, um, to, to reimagine and reinvent in fun ways that aren't just like, you know, beating it with a stick over and over to get cash out yeah. of it. Now, we all know that uh, the the big long line of 
four or five and six w was likely a cash grab rather than you know just trying to do something fun and inventive Fine. but 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 now we can look back on those and really all of it in kind of a a, a nostalgic way because i feel like um uh people of of differing ages um other than you know like kids now um it, everyone kind of had their line with Halloween mm -hmm. that they where they were first exposed to that universe yeah. and went through it, you know? Yeah, I mean, he sort of shaped my love of, like, the type of horror that I most identified with when I was first starting out and growing up. I mean, I was I watched the original um, because AMC during this time of year you can't help but not watch the original because they blasted yeah, every fucking day. Um, and then zombies happened, and that was sort of my thing. And I, I really, I loved, um, like, the Laurie take and what he was trying to, I feel like was trying to do. And, of course, anybody that watches, like, his documentary from that movie and stuff knows that there was a lot of studio interference as well and, like, this pressure to make Carpenter happy. Mm -hmm. And so, like, it really he had this whole vision that he couldn't explore in one. And so they let him have more control in two, but anyway, um, I just think it does like all of these movies as a whole, each, each one, if you view them separately, does this really amazing thing with like creating a new strong clash between like a, women and this toxic masculine violent bubble of, of Michael Myers. Um, and I, I think, you know, we, if you, you rewatch the earlier ones, you get that sense and like you see it in Laurie and her combativeness and, and Donald Pleasant showing up as Loomis, who is just fantastic in everything he does, I even as Loomis. he got so much older. Um, and it's just really, you started to realize that he was just there for the paycheck because Carpenter was no longer making anything that he was starring. Um, <laughs> and then you get Malcolm Mc Dow and Zombies films, who was just over the top and everything since he was in, you know, Clockwork Orange. Um, but I, I love, like, the take on it, how it it's changed. So, like, Laurie in 1 and 2 was very much, like, an embodiment of this, like, typical, like, not princessy, not tomboy, just, like, average girl fighting back. Yeah, and girl next door. Yeah, right. and then you get the uh, you know the little kid Jamie who's going through this with Rachel and then that whole Tina and five and and you know it changes with the times but it always boils down to there's some form of femininity and I guess you could boil it down to most horror films but I don't think Friday the 13th and Nightmare on Elm Street necessarily do it as well to a degree because those villains it, there's not this whole point of like the evil and like this whole like necessary mm -hmm. thing that makes it so identifiable as a queer person or a female, like an, a femme identifying person, a queer person, a, a right. somebody that identifies as female, um, which is like that stalking or like that unease. Like if you take away the fact that they take place on Halloween, it is a very I, like identifiable feeling of being alone and walking around outside. It is or um, being alone late at night or unsure, you know, going into your house late at like, having been personally attacked for being gay outside before yeah it's it's still very true and i think it changes in climate as these films get older 
Um, and then now that we're peaking with the new timeline with Halloween from 2018, Halloween Kills in 2021, and then Halloween Ends, uh, which is in 2020-something now. Um, yeah. 2022. We, we get this final thing of these movies are working now because they're crafting a equal female power to combat the ultimate toxic masculinity entity I think that we have. I, I think, you know, there is, sure, Jason had a machete, but that's like such a, like, show of force, like such a show of the masculinity. I think yeah, what makes it's, the it's toxic the part, yeah. yeah, is the fact that he just uses a butcher knife most of the time. Yes, yeah. there's tons of kills in this franchise that don't occur with one. And he often also um, will use, um, uh, like, that kind of smaller knife that almost looks like a scalpel. Mm -hmm. that, so he did a lot of kills with that. And so I, I think, uh, yeah, it's interesting that he didn't really just have, even though the butcher knife is very iconic, um, obviously, and that was with his first kill. But um, yeah, I like that, you know, he, he was kind of resourceful, just whatever's around yeah. um, or, or his bare hands. And and it's, <laughs> it's interesting because just going off of this, because half of what I'm saying, I can't really tell if it makes sense or not, or if I'm like reaching first just hot air but if you look at it a lot of the kills in this franchise take place in a very sort of female dominant area um so you know you have people getting killed uh you know folding clothes or they get clothes like killed in like the laundry room. the laundry yeah. room or they get killed in the kitchen or they get killed in the bedroom like just pretty much in the halloween franchise that whole trope of if you have sex you will die but it's always in this sort of slightly accented space. Like, I feel like sex in Friday the 13th and, like, sex in um, the Nightmare on Elm Street franchises was always, like, the this, like, grab of, like, trying to get the teenagers in and just, like, look boobs and, like, yes, moaning and sex. And then in Halloween, yeah. most of the time it was always, like, tons of candles, especially, like, in the sixth movie where there's, like, so much queerness to go around. But, like, they're always accented because the power's out or it's Halloween, so it's, like, candlelit. Mm -hmm. There's, like, this added era of femininity. And then enter Mike Myers. Sensuality, yeah. With this masculine just violence and presence. Ruining everything. <laughs> um, that I, I just think is really, really interesting. And, and that just takes uh, this whole peak in, in the new film because you have, like, the three generations of women who decide to fight back. So I, I definitely think there's this part of the reason why it was so successful now is this, this added like nod to what they started back then and like strengthening what worked because if he's represent pure evil, you know, there's nothing as pure as in a way to combat it as like feminine strength, because I don't know anything that's as strong as some nice femme feminine strength because yeah, girl, let me tell you. Laurie Strode is, is, Kind of like Artemis. Yeah, you know? femme she, is feminist. Femme she, is queer. Artemis has to be left alone by men and is constantly pursued by them, um, usually for, for nefarious reasons. Yeah. Um, and and fights back uh, when, when she is assaulted or uh, pursued by them. And so, um, yeah, a, a really beautiful balance of strength with vulnerability, which to me is, if I were really to kind of reach and read into the queerness, that to me is where that that lies, mm -hmm. but vulnerability and strength, um, in the way that the 
protagonist chooses. Yeah. If that makes sense. It does. <laughs> no, I, I just... And, and here I thought I was just trying to say stuff to reach for air to talk about this for an episode. Um, other highlight favorite moments of queerness. I'm going to shout out a couple of things I saw in oh, Halloween, Halloween hmm. 6, primarily. Um, besides Paul Rudd's weird eye overacting, um, the, a lovely photo of Divine can be seen on his fridge at one moment during the film. Um, if Love you it. if you want gay queerness, nothing says divine. And I think neither of us noticed that until we were just rewatching them. Yeah, right? <laughs> I have never I never noticed that before. Although to be honest, it has been a very long time since I watched Halloween Six, because that mythos and that ending make <laughs> a hot mess. <laughs> no sense. Um, but yeah, that was one of my big and like not a huge like queer moment for character, obviously, but just like these weird little. Like, fun things in the background. Um, but, like, there was that. And then in the new film, like, you have the friend who everybody thought was gay. And then he tries to not be. So, again, we, we're playing with potential bisexuality a little bit. And, and allowing, like, this whole gender is a fluid thing. And, and we're evolving the storytelling to kind of go with the times. Um, mm-hmm. So, I, I think that's important um yeah but to note let, what, what about you yeah well and you know another kind of on the nose thing is um in zombies uh kid michael you know constantly being called the f word by by his stepfather and classmates oh, yeah. and stuff like that and so uh, yeah so so is so that's something that we can both like literally identify with because actually happened to me earlier <laughs> today so great yeah so, yeah so so this is like that whole thing is like very real to us mm-hmm. you know we don't even have to reach or or like kind of be like oh yeah I, I sympathize with that like no that's actually happened to us yeah. so and does all the time still so yeah to, to us i mean there's uh black trans lives that are lost every day simply for just walking around being themselves mm-hmm. um and resisting and lives are lost every day black lives matter mm-hmm. you know that this just is a very relevant thing i'm not saying that that is going to go create the ultimate pinnacle of evil um no but it, it creates a movement it creates a response like we have the global protests all of that yeah. um righteous anger yeah. Whereas Michael's rage, you know, is just not righteous. You know, yep. it's um, it's it's unhinged um, chaos. Yeah. So he was still Mike Myers in Rob Zombie's films when just that actor, that six nine boulder of a man. Ooh, I I know, and I like just. <laughs> Shape wise, truly, because he is the shape. It's the height, um, really. It, too, it was think. also but the height part of damn. But which I think is camera work angles too, because I I don't think um, uh, the actor was like particularly super tall. I think there was a lot of like kind of panning up of of who zombies guy. Um, well, I, I think the originals too. Oh, so zombies guy was actually six foot nine. Oh, okay. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I watched behind the scenes for that. I can confirm that uh, the original, the, the guy changed just like the masks. Every time you watch one of the original six 
and then H2O and Resurrection, the mask is never the same. I don't really know why. Like, I figured that would be, like, a big continuity thing. Mm. Um, like, they go from, like, the really classic in 1 and 2, and then 4s is, like, well, nowhere I, near. Every time I go to the grocery store, though, I'm always, like, forgetting my mask and have to buy a new one, so maybe that's, like the same thing happening that's fair <laughs> he was in a pandemic and he just had to keep changing that mask um mask for mask bro but yeah I, I i just i don't know it's my favorite franchise because i think it handles the its reinvention of relevance so much better than yeah like the other primary horror franchises of classics yeah I'm not talking about the Conjuring universe or anything sort of like that. I just mean Friday the 13th rebooted itself and it was literally, well, they only had one. And A Nightmare on Elm Street attempted to reboot itself in 2010 mm -hmm. and nobody can remember it. No and one cared. you just watched it for the first time not too long ago. So... Yeah, unfortunately. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> um, um, yeah, and also I don't think that even after, um, what, what is that, Halloween Ends is going to be the, mm -hmm. the third in the trilogy? Uh, even even when Halloween ends, supposedly ends everything, we're not, we're not going to be done with Michael. Um, I think uh, this is a story that will kind of keep being reinvented in some ways. Maybe it'll take oh, a long yeah. time f for the next set, but I hope so. Like, I think it would be cool um, in c kind of like a silly little bit of a satirical kind of way if there were a story where... Um, Judith and uh, Lori had been killed right away by someone else and Michael saw it and he became like a hero <laughs> and like stalked down people who harass women. Daddy Michael Myers, the female Avenger. <laughs> yeah. Dun, dun, dun. Which is like a little bit of a patriarchal concept too. So. It is, yeah, that <laughs> but, gets but into still. some other things. It gets um, into some, some other problems. But I think it was something like that would be really interesting and funny. It would yeah. definitely make the internet very mad. <laughs> well, we love making the internet very, very mad. Um, but yeah, just, just when I was growing up and I was coming to terms with my sexuality and stuff, definitely Michael Myers was one of my favorite, like, just, oof. Because he was just that boulder of a shape, man. Like, he was the shape. And it was, you know, if I'm going off of horror icons, it definitely was not drooling over Freddy Krueger. So... <laughs> and to this day, you know, still into the strong silent types. <laughs> Maybe that's why. That is true. Yeah, that is true. Well, I just... Uh, I'm, I'm daydreaming now about Mike know? Myers. Like, now I'm just like... <laughs> If I just went downstairs and he was just naked laying there with his mask on, I would be happy as... Ooh. Yeah, I'd be so happy. I'd be like Dr. Loomis screaming in H2 all the time. And by H2, I mean Zombies Halloween 2, not the original Halloween right. 2. You'll understand if you watch it. All Loomis does in that movie is pretty much overshout his lines. He's always yelling. He is always yelling. So that brings us to our close... <laughs> That's really how how we're how we're ending this. I mean, <laughs> you getting choked out by Michael on a couch, <laughs> screaming like Loomis. Well, I what did, a visual! I for did our, say our that we were going to call with. this the Jalapeno episode, so <laughs> I gotta end on a dick joke. <laughs> that said, send us all of your favorite erotic Michael Myers fan art, please, <laughs> please do. Wait, I mean, that's you, a thing. I had no idea. 
<laughs> it's David's background on her phone right now. No, actually it's Frankenstein on my phone right now. Continue to stay safe, continue to be smart, be like Michael Myers, wear that mask. But also be like Laurie Strode if you see a dark figure walking towards you on the sidewalk at night, go the other way. Run. Quickly. Run. Get that pepper spray on lock. Stay healthy, stay happy, stay spooky. My wine glass is empty, so I'm leaving you all now to go get more. Bye. Bye.